You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So, um, tonight, I want to talk about a new perspective for a new year. And uh, I think in some ways this will most likely turn into maybe not necessarily a series, but I think that there that there's going to be other um, conversations uh, regarding this new perspective for a new year. Because I think we need to be reminded regularly about having God's perspective in life. And it's very easy to kind of drift back into kind of viewing life through our filters instead of viewing life through God's filter. And so, um, you know, I think life often makes more sense when we view it through through the eyes of the Lord. And maybe, I guess, in some ways, make sense doesn't, maybe making sense is not the right word, because sometimes God gets us to do things that, humanly speaking, doesn't really make sense. But I think when we apply ourselves to the Lord's ways, that true abundant life is discovered in that way. It doesn't always make sense, but his perspective is the perspective that we want to be taking. And so, um, you know, on Tuesday night, we had our prayer meeting, and uh, it was a really fantastic prayer meeting. There was a number of people that gathered together, and in that prayer meeting, we, we really specifically prayed about Brighton and just the, the transition that's going to be taking place and what we feel that the Lord has for us in the coming months. And we also prayed about finances in the church, because as we've taken this step of faith as a church, as center church, um, I guess finances has been something that has been required to kind of keep this thing going. And there's been some challenges with with finances. So that meeting was about praying about Brighton and praying about finances. And uh, in that meeting, it was actually very, very encouraging. Um, I actually didn't pray one prayer. I went into the meeting and uh, Kyla had sent me a text and I may have read it in a way that was different than how she intended it to be read. It was a good way to read it, but I just decided that I was just going to lay on the ground and just kind of soak in God's presence. And in that that evening, it was just a, a beautiful kind of time of just the prayers that were prayed and just um, how everybody was just so um, on board with seeing Brighton just go forward in all that God has for it. And, um, you know, I came home from that meeting just feeling really great. And on the way to the meeting, I uh, jumped in the car and was driving to the church and it started making this really weird noise. And I thought, this is not right. So I pulled into a little parking spot and uh, thought, hmm, and the battery light came on. So I turned it off, went into prayer, and that was fantastic. After prayer, I got back into my car and started driving home. And once again, it was doing this really weird noise. The battery light came on. Some things weren't working. And just as I pretty much parked the car in front of our place, it just stalled. And it just wouldn't turn on again. And uh, through through a little bit of experience, and mainly Kyla, because she's probably better at this stuff than I am, she was like, that's the alternator for sure. And so, yes, that is what it was. It was the alternator. So when an alternator goes in your car, pretty much nothing's happening. And so I went into the house and it was like, hey, hon, um, yeah, the car, you're not going to work tomorrow. The car is done. And, and, and slowly, all of a sudden, I 
left this prayer meeting and then together Kyle and I began to talk about some of the things that we were sort of working through. So for example, the car died, our microwave died, um, Silas has been sick all week, there were some challenging things going on um, at Kyla's work, um, and just a few other things were going on. So all of a sudden, what, you know, in this prayer meeting that was just really, really amazing, we both um, began to talk about things that were, in a sense, against us. Does that make sense? And, um, and so we, through a bit more talk and a bit, bit of prayer, we just kind of fell asleep. And, um, and so the next day, Kyla, actually it wasn't the next morning, it was the following morning, Kyla said to me, you know, two nights ago I woke up after we just discussed about all the things that were going on. And she said, I just really felt the Lord say, your, circumstance, your circumstances may have changed, but I haven't. And I thought, yeah. You know, so often in life, our circumstances change. And sometimes we face some really big obstacles. And sometimes things aren't going the way we want them to go. But God says, I haven't changed. Even though your circumstances changed, I haven't changed. And so in the prayer meeting, we were declaring um, really God's promises. So things like God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is faithful. He will supply all our needs. Um, his purposes are good. His, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless, um, that nothing can separate us from his love and um, that, that we're called and that, that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And there were some scriptures in there about finances, how God wants to provide. And, and, um, and I think, you know, it's really important when we hear these promises that they are promises, but we play a part in that. And uh, especially finances, we play a part in seeing the church move forward financially by being being obedient to the scriptures, be about being about giving and about tithes and offering, and we play a part in these things um, in regards to finances and 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 some of the things that I just shared. And so, you know, these were promises that were being prayed over the church, and yet at the same time, um, these are promises for us. Because we make up the church. And so it was just this really amazing, again, evening of these promises that are being prayed over the church, but are being, in a sense, being prayed over each of us. How, how people were just believing for God to do amazing things in Brighton. So we serve a great God, and yet at the same time, we find ourselves sometimes a little over our heads, don't we? You know, I think of... I think of this campus and some of the things that are ahead of us. And I see that there's some really great things ahead of us. But I also see that it's not necessarily going to be easy. It's not just going to be this nice little cakewalk. But there's going to be some challenges. But we serve a great God. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we get in a little over ahead, we have two choices to make. We either trust in our great God or we try to take things into our own hands. That's sort of in life. As a church, we either trust God or we take things into our own hands. As a individuals, we either trust God in our lives or we try to take things into our own hands. Those are sort of the two choices whenever anything is going on, trusting God or taking things into our own hands. And I'd like to suggest that, that we're better off to release control release control, and step into the reality of his greatness. 
Because we so often want to control things. But God says, release control and let me, let me handle this. God's greatness far outweighs us taking control. And, uh, and, you know, and yet in so many ways, it's kind of human nature to want to kind of take control of situations, to say, we know best. We know how to, how to do this. But God says, no, let me do this. And, you know, as a family, as, as, as I was sharing about mine and Kyla's story there just briefly, it's like we had to make this decision on am I, are we going to give this to God again or are we just going to try and fix it ourselves? Are we going to stress over it? Are we going to worry about it? Or are we going to give it to God? And sometimes in life, it's you give it to God and it's great. And sometimes you have to keep giving stuff to God. You have to keep daily just saying, God, I just trust you with this. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I trust you with it. And so I guess what I've been learning maybe over the years and, uh, and continue to learn is this, is that God is great, so I don't need to be in control. God is great. So I don't need to be in control. And so we're going to read a scripture this evening, Mark 6, 45 to 52. And we're just going to um, work through this passage. And it's the passage of, of Jesus walking on the water. And uh, was any of that able to work out today? The should be up there. So, um, so we're... Um, so Luke 6, sorry, Mark 6, Mark 6, 45 to 52. If you go through slides, there, there, yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, Mark 6, 45 to 52. So immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to uh, Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Uh, their hearts were hardened. Mark six forty-five to 52. So I've done this, but the lake was frozen, so, um, so it doesn't really count. A few times I've walked on, on some frozen water. And uh, it was good. But in this account, there are many angles that we can that we can take. Um, but I just want to highlight three. And so the first the first one is um, is that Jesus sees. And in verse forty eight, it says he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And I just when I when I read that, I I really feel like it speaks to the greatness of God. The, the three words there where it says, later that night. And so it's, do- it's dark and there's a storm and Jesus sees the disciples. And I don't know about you, but if you look out, if you're kind of walking along the seafront and if it's really stormy and there's no lights and the winds 
are just against you and there's a storm and the waves are really rough. Like to see somebody out there would be very, very difficult, would be very, very challenging. And yet Jesus sees the disciples. And I, I just see this line as being reassuring to us that, that no matter what's going on, going on in life, God is aware. It's not a surprise to him. It's not bigger than him. And you're not alone, even if you feel like it. He sees us. And that just reassures me all the time that whether you are completely, you know, very distant from God or you're right walking hand in hand in a sense with God is that he sees us. And um, what you see as being your sort of darkest hour of life is not too dark for God because he sees us. No matter what's going on in life, he sees us. And uh, that is just such an assuring thing to me and I think an assuring thing for all of us. Um, one of the coolest things to me about God and the work of the Holy Spirit is when, when you get to look back on what has taken place in your life. I don't know if anybody here has done that, where you've kind of looked back and see how God has orchestrated things in your life, in your life. And, you know, in the moment, I think in the moments for those disciples that were in that boat and just kind of felt like they were in the middle of nowhere and completely lost, um, in the moment, it may not seem like fun, maybe even a little bit out of control. And you don't always know how it's going to turn out, right? When you're in a moment where there's some challenges that are taking place, you don't always know how it's going to turn out. But God sees you. He sees you in that darkest hour. And so um, when God is in the picture and you trust his greatness, you're in good hands because he sees us. And, you know, I was thinking about um, my own personal life before I came to Christ. And, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but there was a couple of things that were that were really significant in me coming to Christ. And one of them was um, that I lost, I, I, I guess I, I quit one job because I was expected to get another job. And then when I didn't get that other job, I had no job at all. So for me at that point in my life, that was, that was a really challenging time to have zero work at all. And, um, and another thing was one of the reasons why I, you know, didn't get this one other job, um, was simply because I cut my hand really bad with a chainsaw once upon a time. And um, so that wasn't very good either. And so then after I cut my hand, the job that they that I was going to get or that I didn't wasn't going to get, then they said I was they were going to hire me. But now I couldn't get hired because now I cut my hand and I couldn't work at all. So things were were not going very well. And and then um, and on top of all of that, I did finish um, my grade 12 school, but um, but I I didn't really do that well. And so at that point in my life, I had kind of a poor education. And so I had a lot of things kind of against me. And, and I also, you know, obviously had no money and different things like that. And so, um, so, so things weren't working out for me very well because of all these things that were going on. And yet, you know, God saw me in this darkest hour. In those times where everything seemed like was falling apart in my life, 
when we read this scripture, we see that God sees us in those in those times. And in that time of my darkest hour, I still had to make this choice. And uh, and so even today, I have, you know, darkish hours. There's sometimes these challenging times when you have to continue to give God the situation that you might be in. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, it's it's one thing to be in, a, in, a, in kind of this dark time. Um, and yet it's another thing to sort of make a choice to come out of that. And so the second thing we see is that in this in this passage is that Jesus responds to them. So first of all, Jesus sees them, but then he responds to them. But he responds to them because they cried out. That's when he responds in this particular passage. Verse 49 says, they cried out and then immediately he spoke to them. So there was this, there's, he sees them and then Jesus responds, but he responds when they cry out. See, Jesus sees that they're struggling. He's aware of this and he cares deeply. And yet it says in the scriptures that, um, he goes for this walk, right? He's just kind of walking along the water and yet he still leaves it up to them with what will happen next. Because in verse 48, it says he was about to walk by. So Jesus was sending them over to the other side of the lake. He sees that they're in trouble. He knows what's going on. And he decides to just walk to the other side of the lake. Right? That's that's what's going on. I mean, to me, that seems a little messed up. To me, if I see somebody in trouble, I want to help them. But for whatever, for whatever reason, Jesus just, he's just going to walk by. And then, and so in this, it's like, we always have a choice. Like I had a choice in my darkest hour. Was I going to just, just remain where I was at or was I going to cry out to Jesus? And Jesus, I really believe is he'll never force himself on us. Cause I believe forced love is just, is like control. And, and he's not a God of control or manipulation, but he's a God of love and he's a God of greatness. And so, um, you know, I don't believe for a second that, that God was unaware of, of what was about to take place on the lake that day. And yet he allowed them to be there. He's, he's aware of what's going on in our lives. He's aware of what's going to take place tomorrow. And sometimes he allows those things to take place. So that, so that we will cry out to him in those moments. And, uh, Kyla and I listened to a guy by the name of Chris Vallotton. And, uh, this past week, Kyla shared one of his quotes with me and it says, God had or God has an answer before you had a problem. God is always previous. God had an answer before you had a problem. It's like, it's no surprise to him when we're, when we face challenging situation. It's not, it's not something that he's unaware of. He knows these challenges that we're going to face and he's there with us in it. And, and so for these disciples, something bigger was taking place. Something, God wanted something to take place in their lives for something to come alive in them in that moment. And so, you know, I'm sure many of you have heard this, but, you know, God doesn't cause bad things to happen. But I do believe um, he can turn those situations around for good. 
because, you know, in this room, there are, there are things that, that have been really bad that have taken place in our lives. And I don't believe God makes those things happen. I believe that he is able to use those situations for his glory, though. You know, and I truly believe in my life that, that God used what was going on to draw me to himself. When I cut my hand, when I lost those jobs, when I didn't have a very good education, when, when all of these different things were going on, and I felt like life was, you know, was unmanageable and all of these things, it was when I cried out to him that he stepped in. He didn't force himself on me, but he wanted me to make that decision to come to him. And, and in that moment, <clears throat> he did. And, uh, you know, God doesn't cause bad things to happen. However, following Jesus won't come without difficulties or challenges or certain struggles. And it's in those times that I really be, believe that God shapes us. In those challenging times, in those, in those, in those ugly moments is when He really shapes us to be who we are today. And so, um, there may have been some opposition on the other side of the lake, um, that they were, they were going to the other side of the lake. And I believe that maybe there was going to be opposition because on the other side of the lake, Jesus was going to heal people and he did heal people. Um, you know, the masses came around him once again because they wanted to, to hear the news that he was, that he was declaring. They wanted to be healed of all of their, you know, different things that were, that had taken place in their lives. And God did bring healing. But also in this moment, I really believe that God wanted to teach the disciples something. And, and this, what he wanted to teach them again is that, that his, that would they trust his greatness or would they rely on their own abilities? Would they rely on themselves? Would they take things into their own hands or would they trust him? And again, when they cried out, they, they were saying, we need you. You're, you are great. And I, we trust you with our lives. And, uh, and in that moment, Jesus responds. The last thing tonight I'll share is, um, is this, that, that Jesus sees, that Jesus, he, um, he responds, but finally it's Jesus breaks in. And in verse 51, it says, he climbed in, the wind died down and they were amazed. So the reality is whether whether you're a mature believer in this room or you're new in your faith or you're doubting your faith or you're exploring Christianity, I believe that challenging, as I've said, challenging, difficult situations are to be expected. But it doesn't mean that that's what God wants your life to be all about. You know, sometimes we can we can talk about these challenging situations as a believer and uh, and you know tough situations that we go through but god doesn't just want that for your li- for your life he has so much more for our lives you know i think if he wanted if he wanted it to be you know us to stay in these challenging difficult situations i think he would have just kept walking even when they cried out i think he would have just kept walking but he wanted to teach them something that day and so when they cry out he gets into the boat with them. When we cry out, he gets into the boat with us. He, he. The disciples learned that day, I really believe, as I've said already, God is great, so they don't have to be in control.
so that we don't have to be in control. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. You know, I think in many ways, our greatest enemy is not the devil, but us wanting to take control of our lives, thinking that we know best. And the reality is that God sees the beginning and the end and everything in between, and he truly knows what's best for our lives. And what he wants us to do is to, to give to give him full reign in our lives, to just to be a people that would totally trust in his greatness and not trust, in a sense, in our own abilities or in ourselves. And throughout the scriptures, we see that, that so many people, in a sense, they, they, they didn't trust God's greatness, but they trusted themselves, and it, and it never worked out well for them. And so the, the same is true for us today. When we de- demand control, we limit God. When we, when we demand control, we limit God. When we, when we dictate to him how it should go, goes, it's like we limit him because he wants to do things through our lives, but he wants us to surrender com- com- complete control to him. And so when we demand control, we limit God, potentially making it so that, that we don't get to see him do these great things in and through our lives. And so as we enter into this, this new year, no matter where you're at with God, he's calling all of us to let him show how great he is. That's where we want to be, where we can just not sit back and just let him just kind of put on a show, but that we would come alongside him and just and partner with what he wants to be doing so that he can show us the great things that he wants to do in and through our lives. And I think, um, you know, as we move into some, some new areas as a church, I think the greatest posture that we can take is, again, to just, to just seek his face, to, to trust him with what he has in store for us, to just contr- completely release control to him so that he can show us what he wants to do. And um, I'm just believing for really great things as we move forward as a church. And I know God wants to do great things. And um, and I just pray that, you know, this this afternoon that, you know, everybody else here would would kind of come alongside us and uh, and trust God for what he wants to do. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.